All right. Welcome to OPA Podcast. Uh, this is your new Supreme Leader Soup taking over by force for Jason. I have stuck him on a plane to Tokyo and mandated a two-week vacation. Uh, so I will be taking over for the foreseeable future. Who knows? Maybe forever. What's up? Two weeks of unpaid administrative leave? Uh, no, I think I think we're paying him. Uh, the plane ride oh, is expensive. We're pay- okay. I think I'm paying him. Yeah. The investigation is still ongoing, though, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, okay. the timing of these jokes is not the best, you guys, but uh, we'll move on. Uh, Griff, say hi. Hey, everybody. Wyatt. Uh, Wyatt's also here. Wyatt? Yo, 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 yo. All right, cool. Uh, we're just going to get into it today because uh, Jason usually is much more eloquent than myself, but like I said, I am uh, taking over by force. So this is what's happening. All right, so we. Ended up beating the Eastern Michigan Eagles by a score of 25 to 6. I think that was Scorigami for the Gophers. I'm not sure. But yeah, we ended up beating them 25 to 6. Uh, I think it went pretty well enough. Uh, you guys got any any thoughts to open it up? There's a lot of positives to take out of this one. There's obviously also some you know points to improve on but i think there's some very clear positives out of this one is it safe to say that special teams is out of the doghouse now all right i mean yeah I, let's just let's start there we we we're we're all just chomping at the bit here because uh we got a play out of special teams and i don't think that's something that we expected to have so i think we're just a good special teams play Oh, yeah. I mean, we got a punt block from a guy with just a fantastic name, Eli Mao. Just what a name. Uh, but, you know, we get the hand on the ball. They were coming after punts, like, all night, the Gophers were, at least from what I could see. They were really, really just coming after the punt, like, every single time. I think they had identified something on tape because even me sitting and watching – Eastern Michigan's coverage unit out there. I was like, what is this formation, you guys? I don't know what you're doing. And then, we and were... it's very good to see it because Eastern Michigan was excellent on special teams the week before, is what Jason had pointed out. Yep, totally. So, you know, the fact that the Gophers could look at, you know, what they were doing on special teams the week before and find something to exploit and turn it into a blocked punt, that's... You can't ask for a whole lot more than that. Um, Almost made the touchdown I, too. I, I would love to ask for the re- the return team to you know do something. Yes, as, as great as it was to finally capitalize on some special teams, um, at least we didn't have to expose our uh, kickoff units because every punt kickoff went right through the end zone. Yeah, kickoff was nice. Uh, I'd say, I guess, for our side of the kickoff conversation, uh, just not really sure what's going on there with our coverage unit on kickoff. Just uh, not good. Quentin Redding, it is nice. Hope you're it is nice to have you know a punter finally punting the ball effectively and a and a kicker who's hitting his kicks. No punts in this game, though. Easy day no for Mark Crawford. No just hold, holding the game. football. Mark Crawford continues to have that 45-yard average or whatever it is. And 
for now. Gotta gotta be gotta be happy with it for now. Absolutely. I think I mean when it comes to special teams, it's like, all right, the punt block was nice, but like it's really just kind of a flash in the pan. And it's against a, a Mac team too. It's like no no disrespect to the Eastern Michigan Eagles. Yeah, they had a good special teams unit, but like the punt block comes from physicality, having better athletes, seeing something on tape to exploit. And they did all those things, but I mean, it's just the, the kick return still just not consistent. I think over the past two games, the kick return has cost the Gophers 36 yards of field position in total. I think it's 18 for each game. And yep. that's just not going to cut it this week. It can do better than that. They can definitely do better than that. Uh, yeah, they, they kind of have to. I mean, literally, if they fair catch every, if they fair caught every kick that they got, it would be better. 36 yards better, to be exact. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's, I guess that's the special teams talk from last game. Like, you know, it's nice to see him make a play, but, you know, overall, still, I think we want more consistency, and I think it's the return game that people are more concerned about than anything, so. Yeah, definitely consistency, but I would honestly just take field position from special teams over, you know, scoring points in the end zone. If they can consistently set our offense up um, with great field position, that's really what we can ask for um, day in and day out. If mm-hmm. scoring points is just the icing on the cake, right? Like we'd yep. love to get punts for or block punts for touchdowns and safeties. Uh, points will always help and make us think more highly. But day in and day out, we just want the consistent consistency of good field position for our offense. Don't hurt your team, help your team, right? Exactly. Cool. I thought it was interesting that they uh, put Sean Tyler back there for a little bit um, once uh, Q Redding got hurt. And then it looked like uh, punts Corey Crooms was the one that was back there. It was Christian Hoskins for a second, and then Matt Simon like ran down and like pulled Hoskins out and put Crooms in, which to me is like sure, but apparently from what I was hearing, Matt Simon's the guy who chooses who catches the kicks, not Rob Wenger. Which again, Rob Wenger, what exactly do you do here? But <laughs> that is a choice. Yeah, I, um, yep, that's, Guy's been special teams coordinator for, you know, seven seasons at this point, and apparently does not choose who catches the football, so. Yeah, not much to say, more to say about that, you know, Rob Wenger is who we thought he was. All right, on offense, um. Running uh, game, it yeah. showed up. Oh my god, yeah. In a very concerted and intentional way, I would say. Um, just a little concerning with Sean Tyler with a couple fumbles, um, which is probably why Darius Taylor got much more time and he made the absolute most of it. Uh, running for 193 yards, but regardless, both backs were averaging more than five yards to carry, I believe. So, um, Yeah, I, I mean, I... I think we found that we do have a running back that people are going to like. It just might not be the guy that we started week one. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it was, if you were to ask me, I don't know, it was just kind of like, 
will they give Darius Taylor enough reps to show them he's the guy or not? Because Sean Tyler's great and all, but like we know what Sean Tyler is. He's he's a slasher. He's explosive. That's good. But like, man, you can't put the ball on the ground like that, especially against this level of opponent. It's only going to get tougher. And I just, it's very concerning to me. I mean, it was two on the first drive, like basically. It was two very, very early in the game, if not on the first possession. And then one went out of bounds, thankfully, and we fell on top of the other one. The third one, they end up picking up late in the game, and he just never saw the field, I think, after that. And I think I think that's a good thing. And I also think, you know, Darius Taylor, the true freshman, former player of the year Michigan, turned down Michigan, Michigan State offers to come here, notably. That's a Big Ten player of the week, Darius Taylor, Big, as well. Oh, yeah. Big Ten freshman of the week, I think. Uh, Big Ten freshman. Of the week, excuse me. Which, you know, I don't know, count it, right? Um, Good enough. A- absolutely. So, I mean, I think I think the game plan was very clear coming out. I think very clearly they were like, we are figuring out the running game. We are doing it right now. I like it. I like establishing the run again because we know we're going to need it. And that's it's how we play Big Ten football is we – we like to run the ball. We like to have an established run game. And it's going to help Ethan succeed if we have that. Yep. And Griffin, to your point, on the season, both backs are still averaging 5.5 yards from scrimmage per touch, even. So, I mean, I'd say I don't see why Darius Taylor doesn't get the lion's share of the reps moving forward. I think the offensive line played better if it's just still not consistent enough for me, especially from the center. Uh, I just don't not really a huge Nathan bow fan at center right now, which is fine. Uh, I think he'll get better as the year goes on, but I mean, it still just looks like a new group trying to come together but i just don't i didn't really think it was like once they like we have to talk about the red zone issues right the red zone issues are really uh what's what stands out to me at least yeah no i i tend to agree with you on that i think that was the ugliest part of our game is you know we can only convert what two touchdowns in the red zone and we had plenty of more opportunities uh, to do that yeah, but if you can't punch it in against Eastern Michigan, I think it's going to be a little tougher against North Carolina, right? That, especially because we also haven't even established a rhythm in the passing game. So how are we going to do that um, and fix that in a whole week? Yeah, who knows? Um, I mean, I think the – I want to say the passing game stuff is like – secondary to me just because I think that both games they were like very intentional in what they were you know trying to do like they clearly were like okay the run game's not working see you later let's just start uh let's start going after the 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 pass that's how we're gonna win this we can't block right now and then this game was like okay well we need to be able to run the ball against Carolina let's figure this out now instead of in practice or whatever. Now we got live bullets. Let's figure it out here. I think they accomplished that, but 
when it comes to like the red zone issues for me, the the one that really really strikes me is uh, they run the ball with Sean Tyler on third down to the right. They run like outside zone, and he just gets stood up at the at the goal line basically. And it's like okay, well, uh, we don't have Muhammad Ibrahim anymore. You can't just hand the ball off three times and say get in there, buddy, inside the ten. Because usually you could, but uh, to me, it was very weird to see them not try and really throw at all in the red zone. I think the split was, I'm trying to find it here, but they definitely ran double-digit runs, and it was like, I think they threw the ball twice. Yeah, it's not what you like to see. Uh, Especially, we know we don't have anybody who can do what Mo did at this point. It's just kind of our backfield it's does different. what it does. It's different. It's different, and it's not necessarily a bad thing in the long term. It's just, you know, we got to figure it out. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I hope that we'll see more passing in the red zone when we, when we uh, play North Carolina here. We're probably going to need to. But I'm hoping that the, you know, balance of the last two games was just sort of fluky and we're going to figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely think it was. And I think I think they also have this Carolina game circled. You know what I mean? Like, I think I think they this were pretty the I think they were pretty confident in beating Nebraska with a pretty vanilla game plan whether it be from the runner pass side, I don't think they really showed too much because, you know, we haven't really seen the RPO game, like, at all. We saw it, like, once or twice early in that Nebraska game. I can remember them hitting Brevin on a spot right over the middle on an RPO, but otherwise, that's really that's really it, um, which does kind of concern me because I do think we have good personnel for that. And I do think that especially this game coming up would be a good time to do it. And I would have loved to see some reps have gotten in for it against Eastern Michigan. But uh, there's a flip side to that coin too, though, right? Like, yes, we would have liked to see some reps get in, but also you don't want to show your hand too early. Sure. I don't know. I I guess. I mean, North Carolina just gave up 500 yards of offense to App State. I don't know if you're too worried about that. Um, it's fair. I don't necessarily have strong belief in North Carolina's defense. No, but we'll get there. I mean, the red zone stuff for me is just like it's uh, it was a little too difficult to get the ball into the end zone for me, at least especially against this caliber of an opponent. Like, you know, peace, you know, respect to them. They like they executed, they did what they needed to do, but like fourth down naked boot, eighth and run to the corner of the end zone is not the call for me. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Like you got a guy with a rocket for an arm. Uh, I don't think you should be too worried about throwing in the red zone, you know, dial me up some mesh, dial me up some shallow cross, dial me up a couple slants over the middle, the skinny post even just bang it. Right. Yeah, and I don't. I, I know you don't mean disrespect Ethan as a runner because no. we know that he's more mobile than Tanner was. There's no need for that, is and what I'm saying. Just, yeah, it's just I I agree. There's really no need to, you know, put it on his legs 
very often at all when we know the kid can throw the ball. Yeah. Yeah. It... Go ahead, Griff. I was just going to say, like, in the red zone, just even throwing up some 50-50 balls, I would be more open to seeing because, like, we have a talent at receivers and especially getting the reps in against East, Eastern Michigan. You saw what happened when we threw the ball down the field. Their DBs could not cover, and they were, you know, throwing plenty of laundry on the field uh, and giving us pass interference calls. So, I mean, I know I trust our receivers to go up and make those plays. So, and even just incorporating Brevin into that more, like you said, just throw a shallow cross. They're big dudes. We, we've seen what Brevin can do. He made great catch and his like one or two catches that he had in this past game, just utilize utilize our players and their strength and trust them to get the ball. And kudos to them for, you know, even though it ended up in penalties and not and not completions, you know, it, it still counts. And to me, the yardage still counts uh, on those kind of plays. Uh, they did push the ball down the field a little more. They had multiple you know, PI penalties, Griff, like you said, and I think that came from them not being afraid to push the ball downfield a little more. So that was a nice development. I think we did see when they did decide to throw. Uh, and I just wanted to call that out. Yeah, I mean, I think we've all kind of done a good job with what we think of what went on on offense this week. It's It's great, you know, let's talk Darius Taylor, honestly, for a little bit. Like, what do we think? You know, freshman, 18-year-old kid coming in, and I don't know if he can take 25 to 30 carries the rest of the year every game. He doesn't um, have to. I would hope not. Let him take 10 to 15 and give keep giving, you know, Sean Tyler change of pace reps. Yeah, I think they'll have Darius circled for like that. 20 amount and maybe yeah. a couple more catches yeah that'd be i think i think that's a great number to aspire to i just don't think he has to do it every game i don't i don't think darius taylor has to be the like no quote unquote workhorse back i don't think they'll now. Ha- i don't think they'll have one but i personally Unless it's a two running back set, I do not want to see Sean Tyler in the red zone. I just don't. Oh, absolutely not. Please keep him out of the red zone. Do we have who else do we have in that back in that running back? I mean, room? Bryce Williams uh, was injured or just not playing. Either way, he didn't. See, I mean, I don't know whether it was an injury or not, but he did not see the field, and I'm assuming it's because of an injury. Because why else? Um, like he feels like obvious choice to. You know, if you need someone to grab the ball in the red zone, like that makes sense. Why not put a guy who you know can do it, who well, has done it before? And against the and against Nebraska, it looked like the rotation was just that, right? It was Sean Tyler and then Bryce Williams, and then Bryce Williams ended up getting <clears> a ton more reps because he's your pass protector, and they went pass heavy, right? So I think him being out, Darius Taylor gets bumped up the death chart to two. Sean Tyler puts the ball on the ground too much. Darius Taylor plays very, very well, is extremely efficient for you, shows you a lot of good stuff. You know, I I mean, I really liked his contact balance. I really liked, you know, I really liked how patient he was. And I really liked when he hit the hole, he hits the hole. And, you know, I just think, you know, it's hard to keep a guy off the field at that point. Yeah, his, he showed a lot of vision 
awareness on the field throughout his reps. Like he's looking for the hole. And like you said, when he saw the hole, he would run right through it. I mean, he's not, I mean, no one's like Mo, right? Mo just went, you know, he was North South. There was no um, fool in what he was going to do, but he produced right. Darius kind of just waits, but he has the vision. He has the patience and he showed why he was a four-star recruit. Um, so yeah, like him, I totally agree. Give him, just give him a good amount of reps, but don't make anyone be the workhorse back. We have um, enough running backs where we can manage the loads in between the two, but he should definitely be getting featured uh, some more playing time. Absolutely. And, I mean, Ethan, I think, uh, you know, I, I'll say solid day. You know, uh, don't I, I don't care about the pick. Uh, Brevin, Brevin himself will tell you he's got to have that one. Uh, I mean, it's right off the chest. Um, like I said, any any skill position player in football will tell you you got to catch that one. That's you know tough interception to have on Ethan. Yeah, it's not what you like to see, but like you don't blame the kid. Let him make his mistakes early. Yeah, and you know he did what he was asked to do, right? Like you ask Ethan to manage the game, you know, run a smooth operation, and you know, every now and then ha- have a nice big completion. Still, you know, we're still north of five, six yards of attempt for him in this game. Seven yards an attempt. That's nice. Like to see that. Um, you know, if you factor in the PIs, it probably gets even better. But, you know, uh, it, it's a game where you don't have to do too much as, as Ethan Kalyak-Manis. And I think that's a, that's a good thing. And I think, you know, there's plenty of opportunity in these games where you do get your handful of pass reps and you <laughs> end up hurting the team because you're not in rhythm or something that was not the issue he did a good job you know taking care of the ball making sure not really put it in harm's way too much and he wasn't afraid to push the ball down the field either and draw those those pi calls that we talked about so hope revin's healthy i know he went down for a little bit at the end of the game there after, with that interception, actually, I didn't really get a good look at what yeah. happened. But he is listed as questionable. Uh, Bryce Williams also listed as questionable, still. Um, yeah, I just really, really think you know this upcoming game is one we would really want Brevin for. So we shall see. All right, moving on to the defense from this game. I think. Uh, we experienced another beautiful, beautiful Joe Rossi masterclass. It was great. It was so much fun. Uh, Kyler Baugh, have yourself a day. Uh, two sacks and a pass defended. Just incredible. Yeah. And, and I could have had a third sack if it wasn't a defensive holding. Yep, had a third sack taken away by defensive holding. So we love to see that. On the day four sacks, Pretty good. You get one from Maverick Baranowski, who I think also went down with an injury towards the he end. He was of the favoring game. his shoulder, correct. A perfectly timed cornerback blitz gets Trayvon Jones a sack. Love that. And, I mean, what's more to say about the Joe Rossi defense at this point, right? We trust it. At this point, you just, you know, trust in Joe. Yeah. I mean, if. If if we're just if we're just to like critique this game specifically, I still sometimes worry about our run defense. But overall, uh, when we when we consider passing and just the overall defense, absolutely, 
I will always trust Joe Rossi's defense. I'm I'm with you, Griff. I don't know what it is about the first quarter, but they just the first quarter of every game, the linebackers just go. I don't know how to tackle. What's tackling? Yep. That that feels very classic, Minnesota. Just always taking you know a second to actually get themselves set up and remember the fundamentals, and then they then they level out and they're fine. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe they... I'd, I'd love to not have that, but yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think. I don't... Go ahead. I was just saying, I don't think Eastern Michigan in the second half even recorded a first down. Um, uh, no, I think they only had four yards of total offense in the f- second half. Yeah, and if that doesn't say anything about you know the adjustments from the first half. I don't know what else does. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's kind of the hallmark of Joe Rossi at this point is you better get what you want in the, in the first half because the second half, it's over. Lights out. So, I mean, teams don't even really throw at Justin Wally at all. Like, they don't even I mean, try to go his way. I mean, Trayvon Jones got picked on a lot. In this game, and I think rightfully so, uh, he's a, he can be a little little aggressive on the on the play action kind of stuff. And they got behind him twice. One one big play they hit, one big play they did miss that would have been a touchdown. Uh, they've they've been at- attacking him pretty heavily, and I think it's partly he's can be a little aggressive, and also teams just don't want to throw Justin Wally, so. That's only going to make Trayvon Jones better, though. It's if you try and attack the quote, quote unquote, weakest link on our defense, it's only going to be a matter of time. Because you you know Wally and everyone else on in the DB room is sitting there. They're just coaching each other up. There's going to be a time where this defense is by the end of the season. I expect you know very low pass yards allowed. Yep. And also shout out sophomore linebacker Devin Williams for uh, a nice interception on the day as well. Um, a timely one too. It was nice. It was they were they were they were starting to. I mean they didn't really have any momentum, but they were looking like okay, let's let's maybe you know let's maybe start throwing because what was very weird is that they were you know down two two and a half scores basically like the entire game, and they just like six six five six minutes left in the fourth quarter they're still running the ball and i'm like uh you, you guys you know i mean part of it is their quarterback just did not look comfortable no he never looked comfortable after he started getting hit no i mean they were this was a really really good game from the defensive line for the gophers aside from like the first quarter like our linebackers forget to tackle i think the defensive line played very well this game i think i think we're you know we're obviously gonna really really need them to get after the quarterback this upcoming game but good things the only thing that i worry about on our defense is kind of the linebackers because if we have maverick go down like we and lindenberg's out still like we don't have a ton of depth at linebacker so that's my one kind of worry going into North Carolina is are we going to make sure Maverick's okay? Can he play? Is Cody Lindenberg back? I think they said he was going off of a soft tissue injury. And obviously we never get timelines for this, some of these things. But 
in order to be successful, I'd love to see our linebackers in that second line of defense um, be be veterans or, you know, just starters that have had the experience to help run our defense. Yeah, I mean, great point. Well, I guess we'll see. I don't know what's what's up with Mav right now, so hopefully he is just okay. All right. We can move on to the upcoming week. We got a big one. First, I would say real test of the season for this team. It is time to go play the North Carolina Tar Heels in Chapel Hill. Always a tall task. Quick rundown of how they're doing. They're 2-0. and they have put up uh, 71 total points so far, so they're averaging 35 and a half a game, which something to think about. And they've given up uh, 51 points, about 25 and a half points per game as of right now. You know, contrasting with us, we have given up eight points per game and scored 19. So. Kind of looks weird at the beginning of the season, but I, I kind of just like to look at it from like a like a ratio standpoint, right? So pretty like the Gophers are doubling up their opponents in points per game, and North Carolina is you know not not doing that well of a spread, but they're putting up a ton of po- a ton of points. So something to think about. What do we think about yeah. the Tar Heels, boys? They might be putting up a ton of points, but they're also giving up a lot of pass yards. Um, so I think this will be the best test for how is our passing game going uh, to be for the rest of the season, right? I mean, we haven't last game, Eastern Michigan, the wide receivers were probably sitting there begging for the ball. I don't think anyone even got over 50 yards. Uh, we had, you know, the week one, they, they got Daniel Jackson got some good yards but nothing you know super big in terms of production numbers but here if they're averaging 314 yard 314 pass yards allowed per game so this is this is our chance to test their dbs test our pass game and not only that see what we can eliminate from their pass game because we allow less than 100 pass yards a game along with that eight points so it'll be a very interesting matchup yeah, I mean, we've allowed so few pass yards per game. I also think because we've played two not-so-great quarterbacks. Fair. I think on, on, on building on Griffin's point here, it's worth noting that North Carolina did the brunt of their damage on offense against um, App State on the ground. Their running back was kind of the star of the show which is really weird for a team that's supposed to have one of the top two or three quarterbacks in the country right now. Yeah, I mean, May will be a top five pick, I kind of think, you know. I I think that's fair to say. At this point, um, he had 208 yards, 21 completions, 30 attempts. I mean, I think part of it was that they realized they could not stop App State for whatever reason, and they were just trying to keep the ball away from them. But their running back 
I mean, 26 carries for 234 yards and three touchdowns is a gaudy stat line. Uh, it's a monster game. Yeah, that is crazy. So, you know, Gophers be on the lookout for that. Uh, I just think, I think, you know, I think the Tar Heels' reliance on their run game was like much more of a this is what we need to win this game strategy. I think they're going to try and throw on the Gophers. I do not, I mean, maybe watching the tape, you might think the run game was a little more productive, but again, I just really don't think the Gophers have played a quarterback like Drake may this year, obviously, certainly if not. but I don't think they've played a quarterback like Drake may in a while. I can't remember the last time they played a really, really, really good quarterback. It's probably been since, you know, uh, Ohio State was here or Michigan was here with JJ, like JJ McCarthy or something like that. I don't know. Did Penn State even bring a good quarterback when they when we played them? No. And beat them? No. That was uh what? McSorley? I was gonna say, was that still Trace McSorley? Or whoever who was the guy after that? Uh Sean Clifford? Yeah, we had Sean, we beat Sean Clifford here. Yeah. I was gonna say we beat Sean Clifford. That's not really a yeah. good quarterback. The fact he that is we an NFL couldn't caliber. tell. Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I think this is like, <laughs> it's interesting because, you know, N- North Carolina, you know, they should, they should, I, I, you, you would assume that they would be better on defense, but right now they're like defensive passing yards allowed is like 300 yards per game it's great it's nuts they're allowing total like 422 yards total 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 offense like god that's like it's a lot like i think there's really some like i don't think this is a game that the gophers go into with absolutely no chance of of with like a ranked team with a really good quarterback and i think i honestly think people thought you know, knock on wood, I'm clearly just walking into it here. I, I think people thought North Carolina was going to be better than this. I thought North Carolina was going to be better than this. Double overtime against App State is not something that you – well, it's it's something that, you know, the memes are going to be there because it's App State, and that's what App State does. But, like, I expected North Carolina to be a team that was handling its business. And they needed double overtime to get past App State. Oh yeah. And I think I think that's an important like asterisk on the seventy-one points that they scored is that thirteen of them came in overtimes against Appalachian State. Oh, absolutely. I mean, for what it's worth, though, I mean North Carolina is do, does do a good job defending the run. Um, but it looks like the pass game is really where you want to exploit them. So, all right. I mean, let us think, right? Like, what else are we looking for in this game here? What else are we thinking about? I mean, if I'm Minnesota, I want to control the tempo. I don't want North Carolina to, like you said, sort of, Say, oh, this is what we need to do to win, so this is what we're gonna do. I want, I want to be in charge of the tempo, all game. 
Sure. And I, I think given the way that the Gophers play football, if North Carolina gets in charge of the tempo, they're just going to put the ball up and try to, you know, rack up, rack up the score. And I don't know if Minnesota can win a track race. Griff? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think they can win a track race either, but I think for us to do well, we just have to show variety on offense. I mean, we can do our job on defense to limit what they can score, but if we're not giving a more diverse um, set of plays on different drives, it's not going to be hard to figure us out. And if so I look I look for us to expand the playbook here in this game and just you know not everything's going to be a run run pass or just like a deep ball and it's like we we really need to open up the motions we need to open up the sticks we need to open up the you know posts corners all of that in order for us to really make sure that we aren't a predictable team that North Carolina can just come in and say let's shut these couple things down and we've got them. Yeah, and I would say, you know, I, I, the Gophers kind of need to play their, like, first complete game of the year, right? Like, tape yep. to tape, you're going to have to be good. No more of this fourth, first quarter, forgetting how to tackle, you know, giving up a weird touchdown or, or whatever. Like, they've been vulnerable in the first quarter of these games, and I just n- am not sure uh, of that being a viable, you know, a viable option for you because this Carolina team can easily just hang 14 on you in a, in a quarter if, if you if you let them, and that is going to be a tough hole for the Gophers to climb out of. Like like Wyatt said, I don't think they want to be chasing, and like Griff said, I think you got to show this variety. I think both of you you know bring bring really good points here. I guess for me, I'm going to say that this game is going to come down to can we get after the quarterback. I really really think that if you force this Carolina team to run the ball even though their running back has just you know had two really really good games and he's been solid I would much rather he beat you than Drake may um and I think Joe Rossi's defenses are fundamentally sound enough where they're going to contain this running back and Drake may is going to have to be under pressure, I think. I, I think you're going to want to force some mistakes. I don't really see the Gophers winning this game without some sort of like points off turnovers, like double digit points off turnovers. I'm not saying like defensive touchdown. I'm not saying like like anything like that. But I'm saying like benefiting from a nice plus field position by generating a pick or a fumble off of a sack, something like that, they're really going to need, I think, to make this North Carolina team uncomfortable by getting out in front of them, right? I don't think you want to be playing this game from behind. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's exactly it. I mean, with his dual threat ability too. Um, Cody Lindenberg, please come back. Please, Cody. Yes, that and so not only not only points off turnovers but just QB contain in general, right? Like, if we want to force him into errors, we need to make sure he's contained. Yep, you're you're gonna have to like if you're your your jaw joiners, 
your edge rushers, right? Like, you're going to need those guys to really, really, like, I think if you're going to get sacks, I think it's going to be, you know, Kyler Baugh again, Jalen Logan Redding. Your your inside guys, I think, are going to be the ones getting the sacks because I think your outside guys, sans twists, sans stunts, are going to be spending a lot more time just making sure that he doesn't break the pocket because that's when he can really, really hurt you. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we all know, I think, at this point that Joe Rossi's going to give him a game. He's going to keep it close. It's The offense is going to have a shot here. And it's going to be really, really important that on offense they, they execute in the red zone especially. If you are able to get into the red zone, what did they get into the red zone? What, six, seven times last game, right? Yep. I think if they get into the red zone five times this game they win the game right if you can get in the red zone five times you got to punch it in and i think you got to go five for five right like this is not like a two for five situation even three for five i think is kind of dicey you know i think if you're able to get go four for five five five. yep and that's just getting into the red zone that's without even like talking about like an explosive play to score a touchdown like a 15 20 yard plus pass or run right like those those I think we know we need but I'm more mu- I'm much more focused on like not leaving any meat on the bone because I felt like both games this year they've left a lot on the bone and you need to you need to leave a clean plate after this game you need to at least be able to say to yourself regardless of the outcome we took advantage of every opportunity and that both sides of the ball were able to help complement each other yeah, I could not agree more on that one, to be honest with you. It's, you know, I, I, I think people get kind of frustrated with, with PJ's, like, endless mantra of we have to play complimentary football, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think this game is going to be a great blueprint for why, that, why that's important and why he believes it. Um, just because you do not win this game if you cannot play complimentary football. You just don't. And I think your defense is going to give you a shot, right? Yeah, right. So personally from me, uh, I, I, I'd like to hear from both of you. I would say let's let's talk some impact players on on both sides of the ball, and then we'll get into maybe a hot take or two for the game just for some fun. For me, impact players starting out on – the offensive side of the ball, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with an interesting one. I'm going to say Ariante Ursery, the, the left tackle. Uh, I thought he was okay last game. I think I don't think he's had that good of a start to the season, to be honest with you. Um, I'd really like him to see to see him be a little more physical in the run game. Um, he's still kind of a little standoffish in the run game for me. And when he does get beat, he gets beat bad. Like he doesn't get beat halfway. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't, you know, get beat, kind of hold his own for a little bit. Right. And then like give up a pressure. He gets beat immediately. If he gets beat, he gets beat bad. And I just don't know. I don't think that's a good thing going into this game. Cause I think you're really going to need some down the field hits here. And that does not happen if your left tackle cannot cannot be relied upon. Yeah, I think that's. 
that's a solid choice. Um, I suppose I can jump in here. I'm going to go a different direction. Uh, I'm going to go with Daniel Jackson. I think it's over these over specifically the first game it became pretty clear to me that Ethan has some sort of rapport with Jackson and Jackson is maybe the guy for him and that's this is the one where the guy's got to show up he's got to show up and he's got to do his job and probably more than that because you know I, I don't know that we're going to get a track meet here but we're going to have to put up some points and like the obvious choice is to say Ethan, but you know you gotta get Ethan's number one guy has to be there. Daniel Jackson's got to score in this game. And to that point, I will just point out that uh, last game for North Carolina, the biggest issue they had was um, what is this guy's name? Deshaun Davis, the wide receiver. For App State, seven receptions, 117 yards, and a touchdown. He is 5'9", 175. I, I don't think that Daniel Jackson has to meet those marks, but I do think he's got to be a problem. Yep, but this is a, a small, I'm going to guess, speed guy without having really watched too much. But I am going to go out there and just say that, you know, I, I think... Daniel Jackson is probably a better receiver, probably a better route runner, and dare I say faster. So if this guy can put up seven for 117 in a tutty, like let's, I would love to see them use Daniel a little more down the field, like you were saying. Yeah, get him, get him five catches, get him six catches. He'll put up numbers. Griff, what you got for me? I got two players, and I don't know which one to pick. Give me them both. Well, since we're still on the offensive side of the ball, I think these first two games, they were saving up everything to use Brevin. I really, really think they were using Brevin so much in the run game, and they just weren't giving him any attention because they were saving Brevin and all of his talents to go – on the road and get a ranked team. Like I see this as a game. I'm looking for him to have eight receptions, 80 yards and a touchdown. Like if we can use Brevin as the big frame that he is to torch North Carolina's defense, they're all going to be focused on the Daniel Jackson's Corey Crooms, Elijah Spencer's Lamecky Brockington's like they know we have good wide receivers but do they know of Brevin Spanford, right? Of he, Brevin Spanford, the passing threat. The passing threat, correct. So that's on offense. On defense, has May seen a safety as elite as Tyler Newbin? I would is, guess not. I say he gives them hell. I say he goes out, he makes them second guess. Uh, when he's going through his progressions, his decisions, uh, I see him with a lot of pass breakups, just a lot of maybe he thought it was man, but then there's safety help leaning that way. Um, I mean, between the two, I really don't know who to pick. 
I mean, I was we're going for one on both sides of the ball, so you're doing a good job. All right. Wyatt, what you got for me on defense? So I'm going to I'm going to stick in the same vein as Griff is here, but I'm I'm going to go with the guy we haven't we haven't heard his name a whole lot this season yet, Justin Wally. True. Uh this is a this is a different level of quarterback play that you're yeah. going to get from Drake May. This yeah. is probably the number 2 quarterback in the in the in the country right now. Uh yeah, and, I would uh, say for now. Um and you're he's not going to be as afraid to throw the ball just Wally's way. He's going to throw the ball that way, test Justin Wally, and Wally's got to do something with the opportunity. This this is the game where they're going to test you, young man. Just keep doing the things that you do. Yeah. Go go knock a pass down. Yeah, go Drake may pass off. Not going to be afraid Justin to throw Wally Justin could Wally. Absolutely be a difference maker if he goes and grabs a pick. Totally. That that might be half of your, you know, points off turnovers that you want from this game if Wally can do it. So, you know, you haven't seen the ball much, t- take take the opportunity and run with it. Yeah, I think that's a great one. I'm going to go chalky for mine just because I think it's really, really important. I'm going to go with Cody Lindenberg. One, he's got to be healthy. Two, I just think um, his presence and his sure-handed tackling, his ability to run sideline to sideline with a quarterback who's mobile and likes to move like Drake May, I think a lot of that stuff is really going to matter a lot here. And I... I just really, really think that they, they're going to need him. And he's going to need to, you know, be the vacuum of the defense and just clean up all the mistakes, you know, get in the way, you know, even just providing a nice big frame in the middle of the field when Joe Rossi wants to drop them into coverage. And then he just stares at Drake May and says, go ahead, go ahead, break the pocket, break the pocket, I dare you, right? So I really want to see that because I think that's a way that, Drake May hasn't been pressured this year. I don't think he's had to really worry about that athletic of a guy really, you know, spying him or something like that. So uh, that's what I'm looking forward to on defense. So hot takes. I would love to hear just like a not, not really a hot take, more of a bold prediction, I guess. Of just give me something. Give me something spicy to hope for for this game. Not everybody at once, though. I'll go first. I'll let you guys think. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Daniel Jackson, 40-plus yard touchdown. Give it to me. All right, all right, all right. I would love to see interceptions two by the defense nice not gonna not gonna say who i think it could be split but i'd love to see drake may get picked off twice griff griff's on mute which i believe means that we Uh, may have there there he is he's deep in thought i was deep in thought and i was cracking a brew um a latte 
Yeah, for latte. My bad. Um, big man touchdown. We're going Strigo to the house. Yeah, what were we saying like a like a sack fumble inside the twenty, a little scoop and score. Exactly, a little strip sack, scoop and score. Love it. Strigo eats with the offense. Oh, I love it. I would I would lose my mind. That would be so much fun. All right. That'd it, be a way to win the game. It would be. It is about <laughs> that time. Prediction time. I'll kick it off. I have the Gophers taking their first L of the season here, unfortunately. I'm just not sure. You know, I think it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be a game in which they keep it close, but in the end, they just are not able to get over the hill against a, a good Carolina team. And I think I think the offense sputters a little bit, and I think, I think it ends up uh, – ends up hurting them. I don't think I don't think Carolina scores more than 30 points. I think I think Joe Rossi does a good job of keeping that part of the game at least in check. I'm going Gophers losing 28-23. I I am a little less sure in the Gophers than you are. Um, I do have North Carolina scoring more than 30 points. I just, I, I see their offense as, you know, at a certain point, just overpowering what, what we can stop. Um, and I, I think our offense will hold their own, but they're not really equipped to handle this level of quarterback, this level of just, you know, offensive talent, uh, so I have a loss, thirty-one twenty. What was your score, Soup? Uh, twenty-eight twenty-three. Okay, I was gonna go twenty-seven twenty-three. I just see the Gophers kicking a field goal to make it one possession, but. North Carolina just runs the clock out anyway. Well, we're flipping the preseason prediction. Oh, was my pre- what was was I not an L? You're that's you a are in fact a W. That's a dub in there. Oh, wow. All right, flip the score then. Twenty-seven, twenty-three. Go book it. The over/under was fifty forty-nine and a half, I believe. Fuck it, we ride. Yeah, I guess so. We ride, baby. What did what did what did Jason say? I know Jason sent in a score prediction. Uh, I think he said twenty four twenty one. Can't Go. remember who won. I think he had the ghosts as well. Damn. All right. All right. I see it. It's a split house here on Open Podcast. Mom and Dad are fighting. Um, I guess we'll see. But nonetheless. We ride. We do ride. Anything to add before we get out of here, boys? I'll be cheering them on in person. Ooh. Can't wait. You're in North Carolina for this game? I am going to be flying out as of yesterday when I booked the flight because I'm crazy. Because I'm like that. I'm goofy like that. I'm crazy. Well, now they can't I, I lose. Just, 
Yeah, I know, right? Oh, that, that's why I was originally hoping for a, a win I or a, a, a loss. I was sitting there, and I was like, God, like, they just – I don't think they have it, and especially after how we performed the first couple of weeks. But they're winning now, and I'm going, so. You're doing that's a good story. job of uh, trimming that emotional hedge over there. Hey, uh, if, they, if you don't bring back a win, don't come back, Griff. Oh, man. I'm only going to be there for 24 hours, so that'll be tough. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Those of you on YouTube enjoying this beautiful view, uh, thanks for enduring that. And um, we'll see you next time. Until then, I'm not. I'm still not going to say it. Next. Oh. All right. Why can't just be the only one that says it? Ha. All right, Jason. You get to decide where to end this. I'm stopping it here.